Well, this is 4th of July weekend, whatever it is. It's in the middle of the week, but this would be the weekend of it. And I love to preach about freedom and things like that, but I don't want our uh, allegiance to be to a nation because we're alleg- we're, our allegiance is to God first and country kind of comes after that. But we do, we are so proud and thankful to live in the country that we live in. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning, about who we are, who our country is, what we've become, and what our job is in the midst of this. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 11 this morning. We're going to begin reading with verse 19. Let's all stand in honor of God's word today. I want us to read this together out loud this morning. Prepare our hearts for what the word wants to say to us. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We're going to begin reading with verse 19. And I want you to kind of understand what's going on here. Uh, There's been a lot of persecution and it's not like somebody calling you names or something like that. People have lost their lives now because they have uh, stood up for Christ. Stephen uh, has been martyred and... The church is afraid for their lives, and some people are so afraid that they're moving to to get away from the persecution, and as they move, the church is growing. What looks like to be a bad, bad situation is actually causing the church to grow. And so we're going to begin reading with verse 19. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch telling the message only to the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to God. News of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, help us to be folks who, even in the midst of what might seem like a hard day and age, help us to spread the word of who you are. Help us to not be ashamed. Help us to take the word of Jesus Christ to people who have no affiliation with you whatsoever, who have never heard of the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would speak your power through us into their lives and that folks will be changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Many years ago, the pilgrims came over and birthed a new nation. Uh, They came to a place that did not know anything of Christendom. And they didn't just create a new nation with cities and farms and factories and roads like that. They created a culture 
of Christianity. They created a culture that was based on Judeo-Christian values, and that became the culture of the day. And they were able to not only create a nation, but they were able to create a culture in this nation that was primarily Christian, that was based on Christian values. And, uh, and they did this in a place where they, they had nothing before. Christianity had not been here before. Christianity had not been in America. And they came and they were able to create this culture. And that is, whether you like it or not, or whether your people that are teaching in your school like it or not, that's the history of this nation. That is where we came from. And the, the, the culture of Christianity was brought out of nothing, and that's how it became established. And many people heard about this place. They heard about the nation, and, and because the nation was growing, we needed to have more people come in, and so they advertised for people to come and, and have immigrants come to populate this ever-growing nation, and many people had the idea that they liked what the nation stood for. They weren't necessarily Christian, but they liked what the nation stood for. And so as you bring people in who, who like the idea of the nation, but maybe don't necessarily are Christian, the, the culture begins to change. And over the last 200 and some odd years, the Christian culture that started in our country has changed into the culture that we see today. And if you look at our culture that you see today, if you're like me, there's sometimes that I just... Uh, I mean, I just watch the news and I just shake my head and I'm just like, what in the world? What in the world's going on? What, what has happened to us? And, uh, and what happens is people like, people liked being around Christians, but they weren't necessarily interested in being Christian. And over time, the culture of the new nation began to change. And, and then we have what we have today. And I don't know what your reaction, but in the past, my reaction has been to fight against the culture. And I think that uh, up to a point, uh, that's okay. We want to fight against the culture, and I think we need to preach against sin. We need to preach against things that are not like Christ. But our goal is not, and, and as I've been listening, I was listening to some of the folks uh, speak and some, and some preachers preach this last few weeks at, at assembly. We, I had the opportunity to go to several workshops and listen to def, different theologians within the church. And, and, and this idea of instead of fighting against the culture, uh, one, of, one of the guys was preaching about, he believes that it's the church's job to create culture instead of fight against culture, but to create culture. And I got to thinking about that and, and, uh, and started studying about that. And instead of being in this battle with the culture, instead of just saying, okay, we're against you, we're against you, we're against you, I think we as a church need to be creating a culture that draws people to it. And I'm going to talk just a little bit about that this morning. And, and, and I tried to think of how to explain kind of what I was thinking about this morning. Have you ever been to a business or been uh, seen a business and you went in there and when you went in there, you, you, you didn't like what they had to offer. Like maybe you go to a restaurant and you go to a restaurant and, and we've done this before and you go in there one time and you say, I'm never coming back here again. 
I don't like this place. I don't like the food. I don't like the service. I don't like their attitude. I'm not coming back here again. But you go back and drive by and they'll have a, a little window, a little sign in the window. And the, wind, and the sign will say, under new management. And you go to the same restaurant, and it might even have some of the same employees that it had under the old management, but the whole place, the whole culture is different. They have a whole new attitude about them. They have a whole new attitude about the way they serve you. The, 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 the food may be, the food might even be actually almost the same, but the culture is so different, you want to be part of it. And I got to thinking about what would be an example of this in America. And in the fast food industry, the culture has been for years, come in, get in, get out, make, make, your, make your choice, here's your food, get out of the way because there's somebody else coming behind you, okay? And you all know that I, I, I go to McDonald's a lot. I used to buy, I was probably their number one sweet tea customer at, at one time in the history of McDonald's. I was probably there, but then I repented of that. And now, now I am a unsweet tea customer. I'm not the biggest one they have, I'm sure, because I don't like unsweet tea near as much as I like sweet tea. But I buy quite a bit of sweet tea from this McDonald's over here. And I don't, I'm not knocking this McDonald's at all. But it is not an experience that when I get done purchasing my tea and put it in my cup that I think that was wonderful (laughs) it's not bad I mean some days it's bad and most of the time it's good it's good it's fine but I just almost feel like when I get in that line just like going you know it's just like we're just cattle going through that thing and that's been the culture of fast food in America all right all of them McDonald's the Burger King, uh, the Wendy's, all them guys, all those guys, you know, here, here's what we have. We, this is what you get. Order it. Thank you. Goodbye. Get your food and go out. And then came along a company called Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A, I believe, has a good product. And I like it. But it's not that much better. It's good, and I think it's better, but it's not that much better. But the culture at a Chick-fil-A is completely different, am I right, from any other fast food restaurant. That it is, all these people, we're so glad you're here. Like, Like they've known you for 50 years. And, and, if, and if they find out your name, you know, what is your name for this? Brian, my name is Brian. You know, I usually put a different name, an alias on there or something. But, well, Brian, we're so glad you're here. Sometimes I just go in there to have somebody speak nice to me. You know what I'm saying? If I'm having a bad day, you know, and I'll, my name is Brian. Well, Brian, we're so glad you're here. Well, thank you. Every one of them go through. Now, I don't know. I don't know if they really are glad you're there, but they sure do act like it. They sure act like they're there. And I'm going to tell you, they have created a whole different culture in the fast food industry. And people want to be part of that culture. And if you don't believe me, drive up by, uh, drive up by Chick-fil-A on that, was it Glenstone? Is it Glenstone up there where it's at? And there's cars backed out. And I'm telling you, there is nothing in the world that I would stand in line for, but people do that 
and I do that. And when we were up at Indianapolis, they had a food court in this mall that was close to where we were at. And they had the Taco Bell and the A&W and Shanghai Checks, Cashew Chicken or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. But they had all these, they had all these different places you could go to. And they have, you know, a line here, a line here, a line here. And I'm not kidding. They had a line sometimes 75 yards long to get to be a part of the Chick-fil-A culture. Because they, and, and, and I don't know if you've ever noticed, but if, if you watch other fast food restaurants, they will talk about the other guy. These guys have frozen meat. They have frozen patties. We only have fresh patties. The other guy has this and that. Chick-fil-A never does that. You know that? Chick-fil-A does not stand out and go, we hate McDonald's. McDonald's is stupid. We don't like them. They use frozen meat and made out of donkey ears or something. You know, you never hear that. You never hear that. They don't go against everybody. You know what they do? They have created a new, they just create culture. They create it and everybody says, you know, that's, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. And I think, and, and, and I want to tell you, I'm guilty of this. Because I, I look at the world and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Stop being the way you are. And I think that maybe, I think that maybe, I think there's some, I think there's a place where you have to say, okay, we're not going to be part of that. But I think in the church, God wants for us to create a culture that peop- there are people who absolutely do not follow who God is and they love being part of the Chick-fil-A culture because it's just clean and good and nice. And I think that there are people out there who are wanting to be part of something to where the culture, where we've created a culture like that. And so I think God calls us to, uh, to be like that, calls the church to be like that. And this is what was happening in the church in Acts. They were facing persecution and their lives were in danger and so they were fleeing and they were going to wherever they could go. And some of them went to people who had some idea who Jesus was. They had some idea of who God was. They, they, they were Jews and so they knew who God was. They knew who the Ten Commandments, what the Ten Commandments were. They knew what God, and these people were coming and they were speaking the truth of who Jesus Christ was and people were going, hmm, okay, I get that. But then there were some people who were going in among Greek folks who had no idea who the Old Testament God was, had no idea who Jesus was, and they were coming into and introducing into their culture a culture of who Jesus Christ was, and it just started to boom. They said, we don't know who this is. We don't know who this guy is you're talking about, but we want to be part of this. And, the, and, the, and, the, and it was so growing that the church said, we need some help. And they sent Barnabas and Barnabas comes and goes, this is awesome. And you have to understand that they were speaking and creating a culture of Jesus Christ in a place where there was no culture of Jesus at all. And they were doing it. And I think lots of times we look at things and look at people and we look at cultures around us. We look at the culture of our job and we say, I mean, 
Landon and I was talking about where he works at, and and it's it's not you would not look at that place and go, this is a culture of Jesus Christ. And some of you have the same thing. I mean, I've heard some of you talk about the place where you work, and every morning you get up and you're like, and you got to go. But I want you to start thinking about maybe. In the midst of where you are, in the midst of the place where you work, where there may not be a culture of Jesus Christ at all, in the midst of that, God seeks to create a culture of Christianity. And he seeks to do it through you. And if he can do it through these guys in a place that had never heard of who Jesus was and could make that a place where people's like, I I like this. I want to be part of this. I I don't understand it, but I want to be part of it. That's what God wants to do in your place of business. That's what God wants to do at the place where you work. And if you have kids, that's that's what God wants to do in your school. And in, in, in the school that you go to, and, and we all, and you, and you know, we get, and I, I talk to our kids, our teenagers and things like that. And they say, you know, there's, there's times at our school that it's just, you know, it's not what you would call, you know, it's not what it should be or what we want it to be. But you know what? God has called our young people to create a culture Christ in the midst of a sinful world. God calls us to that. And it's not so much, we hate the way you do things. It's, this is the way God does things. And the word says that that works. The word says that we're able to do that. The word says that, that God did that in these people's lives. And it said that a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. The way they lived and the message they spoke created this culture of Christianity that nobody had seen before. And it says that many, not just a few, but many came to know who Christ was. This wasn't a place that had any idea who Jesus was, but they were so drawn in by the culture that was being created, by the lifestyle that was being created, that many were saying, what is going on here? I I remember the first time that my son Landon introduced me to Chick-fil-A. He was, I mean, he was a convert from the beginning. I mean, he's like, he loves it. I mean, he he has walked for many blocks to eat at Chick-fil-A, which I would not do, but he is, he loves it. And he goes, dad, this is, this is a wonderful place. The food is good, but the, but the, the atmosphere is, is awesome. And I, and I went and I thought, oh, I love this place. I love this place. The only place I like better is Andy's. I mean, if you could have Chick-fil-A Andy's, that would be, I would never leave. I'd have a chicken sandwich in one side and be laying under one of the machines on the other side. But it was, it's, the, it's the culture. And God seeks for us to do that. He seeks for us to do that in our work, in our school. And Jesus is, and it seeks to do it in places where Jesus is not all that welcome, but, but he seeks to create that culture. And scripture here proves that it is possible. I think we look at the world around us and think, there's nothing we can do. There is nothing that we can do to influence this, but the word says that there is. And it's not through our power, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. 
And it is possible in the world we live in to create new culture, and we can create it for Christ. I want to prove to you that it's possible to create culture. Now, I know that it's possible to create Christian culture. It's also possible to create non-Christian culture or just any kind of culture. In 1968, in Webster County, a few Amish families moved into Seymour. And they began to protest and riot and fight against the culture of TV, electronics, and automobiles. They had signs, they threw rocks at cars. No, they didn't do that. A few families of Amish moved in and bought some of the worst farms there was. And then they started buying other farms and fixing them up and working. And they started uh, just being Amish. And now 50 years later, it's one of the strongest and largest Amish communities in America. It's almost 3,000 strong. And they have created an Amish culture in that area. And they have had children, and they have had some people join them. When I worked at uh, the lumberyard down in, in Seymour, I had a guy come in on a big old Harley. He was all tattooed up, had a leather vest and all this stuff on. And he said, I'm looking for so-and-so. And it was an Amish guy. And I was like, well, he lives right down here. I knew him very well. He came into the store all the time. And he said, is he really Amish? And I was like, Yeah. I mean, he's full-blown Amish. He goes, I used to be in a motorcycle gang with him. And I was like, no way. He goes, yeah. He goes, I drove all the way up here just to see if he was really Amish. (laughs) And the story goes, the story goes, because I asked the guy later after that, the story goes that they came up there, sold everything, moved in, and as the Amish watched them, they let them in and become part of the culture. Well, what happened? Why would he go from being a gang member on a motorcycle, to be a motorcycle gang, to be an Amish? There was something about the culture that drew him in. And so through people coming and through children being born, they have created this place to where when you drive down a highway, there is no doubt in your mind you're in Amish country. You don't even have to look out the window. You just stick your nose out. You can smell it. <laughs> ah, Amish country. You know, that's where, and that, uh, I meant you can smell the animals or something. <laughs> don't take it. Don't tell, go the other way. I went the wrong, that was not, strike that from the record. That's, but you, I mean, you're in Amish country. You can see the horses. You can get it on your car. I mean, you know you're an Amish. You can go, uh, yeah, I'm in Amish country, you know. They've cre- There's no doubt. You look at the houses. You look at the road. You can tell. You look at the people that go by. There's no doubt. They have created, where there was no Amish culture, they have created Amish culture. And they have done maybe a better job of creating culture than we have as a church because you know why? They keep their children in their culture. They have done a better job. The Church of the Nazarene is not even keeping our children. Most evangelical churches are not even keeping the children that are born in them. We're pretty stagnant. The Amish people, you know why they have 3,000 people? 
because they've been able to keep their children and their children say, I want to be part of this culture. We're not even doing that. Something is wrong when we can't even keep our kids. And so I I started asking myself, how is it that the Amish are even able to create a culture where their kids still want to be part of it? How are they keeping their children? Because that, that says more than what the church is being able to do. And so I started thinking about this. And the first thing I came up with is they practice being Amish. They're Amish 24-7. They're all Amish all day long. That's what I tell my wife all the time. I'm all Niangua all day long. That's how I am, man. That's how I roll. I have, I have immersed myself in the Niangua culture, and I'm trying to get them to accept me, and it hasn't happened yet, but I'm working on it. I'm going to start hanging Christmas lights out all year long. And they're going to, I think, I think that's what's going to, you know, I don't park an old car in the driveway. I mean, in the yard and leave it there. And then they're going to accept me, but they're all Amish all day long. And they don't shave their beard and they don't change. They don't park the horse one day and say, Hey, I think I'm going to drive a car today. I'm just going to take off from being Amish today. They're Amish every day, all day long. And they don't take days off from being Amish. They aren't Amish on Sunday and then do whatever they want to all during the week. They're Amish and they keep Amish and they keep it up front of them all day long. They have practices. They don't drive the buggy to church and then drive a car all week long. They don't have a beard on Sunday and then shave it and then try to grow it back by next Sunday. I wanted to be Amish. I can't grow a beard, so I cannot be. They won't let me in. No, I don't want to be Amish. But anyway, they don't have uh, electricity part of the time and electricity not part of the time. They are Amish, and they have been able to create this culture. And the reason they are able to create this culture and the reason their kids follow it and, and believe in it is they practice it every day day 24-7 and they never stop. And folks, the problem I see within the church is that we're kind of Christian part of the time, but every now and then we'll back out of it. And I'll just kind of do this. And then we step back in. And then we step out. And if it doesn't fit here at school, I'll, I'll step out of it. And I, I won't be Christian when maybe it might cause a little friction at school. I'll just step out of it right now. But then come Sunday, I'm going to step back in. Unless I got something better to do on Sunday, and then I'll step out. And I'll be here when I need to be here. But if I got something else going, I'll just step out. And it works good for me here, but if, if there's a tight spot at work and, and I really need to make a decision and it's going to kind of go against my moral code, but if I really need to do this for my work, I'll just, I'll just step out. You know, to be a good Amish, you're Amish 24-7. And the reason I think that the church has not been able to even keep our kids is we step in and out of it and we don't practice being Christian. Now. 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 Them Amish are Amish all the time. And folks, if we are going to create a culture of Christianity that anybody 
wants to be part of. We have got to be Christian all the time. Every day. And we have got to practice it and do it over and over and over again. You will not be able to pass on your faith if you don't practice it. And it has to be real. It can't just be acts of faith. It has to be lived out. And we... And, and, and part of the thing is we've forgotten uh, in the past years to practice our faith. And practicing our faith helps pass it on. Why were the, was the Holy Ghost able to use these men to create a Christian culture where there had not been one before? These guys practiced Christianity every moment. They were Christian all the time, all day long. And that's what God has called us to. And if we in the church are going to be a place where a, a, a culture of Christianity is created, we have to practice it. And we do that through things that we do in the church. We do that through the Lord's Supper. We do that through uh, fellowshipping. We do that through baptism. We do that through the reading of the word and prayer. The only way we create a culture of Christianity is through the power of the Holy Spirit and then practices that keeps that in front of us all the time. Why do we come to church all the time? Why does God seek for his people to come together? It is a practice that helps us be what God has called us to be. Why does God seek for us to be in his word? Well, first of all, we should want to be because we love him. But second of all, it is something that is a practice that keeps us on the road that we need to be going all the time. It is a practice. We practice for everything. Our kids practice for sports and they practice for this and they practice for that. Do you know that coming to church is a practice? Coming to Bible study is a practice. Being in the Word is a practice. Uh, I heard a guy talking this week, and he said, nobody would get upset at a coach for causing their kids to practice hard. We're like, yeah, that's great. Make them practice. Make them practice. That's what this is. This is practice. This is where we come to learn and get good at. And this, in your daily prayer time, your daily time in the Word is practice. And it is only through practices that we become Christian and create a culture of Christian. I just want to ask you this morning. Are you practicing? Are you a practicing Christian? Are you a practicing Christian? Or do you just do it when you have time? Do it when it's convenient. Do I, I'm a Christian when it's not difficult or, or if it's, I have something else to do. You know that an Amish person wakes up in the morning and he goes, I'm going to be Amish all day long. And I don't, I mean, I don't have anything for or against the Amish, but I'll tell you what, they've been able to do is they have created culture where there was none before and if they are able to do that in that setting could we not as the church through the power of God's Holy Spirit living in us do that in Marshfield could we not make this a place could we not create and I don't know how long it'll take 
But could we not, these guys walked in and began immediately creating a culture of Christianity in a place where there was none before. And folks, God calls us to that. He has called this church, he calls us to create a culture of Christianity. And it happens when we live it every day. We never step out of it. We stay in it and we live it and we practice it day after day after day. That's what God has called us to. That's what will keep our kids in the church. That's what will keep us in the church. That's what will make others join and say we want to be part of it. When they see something that's real and alive and good, people will want to be part of it. And that's what God has called us to as a church. And I pray that you allow the Lord to do that in your life. I want us to stand this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, we love you so much. And Father, we believe that this is a message that you have given to us for the church. You have called us as the church to create Christian culture where we live. And Father, we cannot do this by just our actions, but Father, we have to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, as I have studied this and as I have read this, Father, you have convicted me in certain places in my life. And Father, I pray that today, this morning, that you would come in and show your light upon our lives. And Father, help us to practice being Christian. Help us to be a practicing Christian. Help us to do the things in our life that help us to not only be Christian, but to show other people what Christian is. And Father, I pray that just as others have created culture in different parts, as, as they've created culture in the fast food industry, as they've created Amish culture in, in the southern part of our county, Father, I pray that we too, through the power of God's Holy Spirit in our life, would create a Christian culture that, as we saw here in the Word, would draw many in and many to believe. Father, convict our hearts this morning and help us to be practicing Christians. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read the prayer of Jabez, but before you go, I want you to...